Support for the show comes from Atlassian. With a new story about AI coming out seemingly every day, it can be hard to know what it all means for you and your job. Atlassian thinks there's a lot to be excited about in the AI-powered future. Even right now, Atlassian's AI-powered software can help you boost productivity by eliminating menial tasks, generating insights, and helping you find information about projects, policies, and processes. No matter if you're a team of two or two million, or if you're around the corner or on another continent, Atlassian software keeps everyone connected and moving together as one towards shared goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway. You have like a library behind you with not very many books, I have to say. And I've read none of them. Um, This is all an attempt to curate a series of novels that make me seem more interesting. If you right now, if you asked me to name one book behind me, I'd have trouble. Seriously. What would you actually what would you actually want to put behind you? Because I think that's what we should do. We're a genuine pair of people. What would you actually have behind you? There's only one genuine Scott thing here, and that's I have a picture of my dog behind me. But it's funny, it's facing yeah. forward. I don't want to see it. I want other people to see it so they think I'm more interesting than I am. Yeah. I'm looking. I literally haven't seen any oh my God, Iliad's the Odyssey. Yeah, like I read that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that's an important story about the journey home. Yeah. I I do I have read that several times. Yeah. Fulfillment by Alec. Oh, I definitely haven't read that, nor do I understand that. Oh, there's a book called Boom. Norwegian Wood. What the fuck is going on here? Anyway, this has nothing to do with me. Can I tell you a very brief story about books that you buy? Those are called books by the yard, essentially. I was in an Ikea and I was buying like a couch that I actually still own today. And I was sitting on the couch and right next to it was a a bookshelf with books in it. And someone, one one of my books was in the bookshelf. And it was actually signed to a person I knew very well who had obviously sold it at whatever, to Books by the Yard. And I took it, I stole it from Ikea and then sent it back to them. What do you think about that? Yeah, I was waiting for a better payoff. What's the lesson here? Oh, sorry. What? No, I just thought it was yeah. funny. Anyway, I was trying to talk about- You thought wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's anecdotes like these that the fans tune in Scott for. Scott is just mad because I was late today and he is early. I was that early. Is usually the well, all this new equipment op- from this fancy schmancy Salesforce stuff. It's like pretty nice yeah. in here. You're schmancy yeah. now. Listen, we never got to talk about Pivot MIA because you absconded to Mexico right Hola, after. Hola, amigos. I, Donde está Los Edibles? I talked to Casey, and it was a fantastic show, if I do say so myself. We talked a lot about his encounter with Candace Owen yeah. and a bunch of other stuff. But I just love your little—I've already given my insights, mm-hmm. what I thought was interesting. We obviously put up a bonus episode of Brian Chesky, mm-hmm. the CEO of Airbnb, who, who we interviewed together. Mm-hmm. I just would like to uh, talk about what you what you thought was interesting very briefly. At Pivot Miami? Yeah. Well, I think we should. Or have you forgotten about it? Have you moved I think on? we should take two weeks off so we can start talking about next year. I, I mean, on behalf of our listeners, even I am sick of talking about Pivot Miami. Um, I liked it. I was nervous about it. I thought you did a great yeah, job were. curating the content. I felt I've been to your code conference twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, I think people come to code for the audience. I think people mm-hmm. came to this for the for the content. It was a younger audience. People seem generally interested mm-hmm. in learning. Yeah. Um, I was really, I was really happy with it. I thought that um, it was a nice. People are just a lot of young, nice people seem to curious to learn. That it's also very reaffirming. It's huge imposter syndrome. People come up to us and are very nice to us. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder when that music's going to stop. They, it's called fans, Scott. It's actually people like you. They really like Go it. Go on. That's because well, they, they don't do. know the you real got, name. They know the person that <laughs> reads a book called Sweet Dreams, the story of new romance. Like, well, I would never read that. I would never read that. <laughs> truth is I've written. I don't think you read. The, do you read? Oh, no. Truth is I've written more books than I've read in the last two and yeah, a half that's years. What I figured. That's probably true, yeah. actually. Anyway, I thought it was very successful. Is there one thing that stuck out? One fact, interview? One interview? Uh, one of the speakers? Yeah. One thing that like you took away? What was your takeaway? Your single takeaway? My single takeaway? Um... 
You know, uh, it's super rewarding for me. Um, uh, Jonathan Haidt and Aswat Damodaran. And I think that yeah, at every university, terrific. there's one or two scholars that are uh, should and can change the world that have devoted their life to trying to damage the muscle in between mm-hmm. young people's ears such that it grows back stronger and are just outstanding at what they do. And I don't think they get the – my my ability to spread my content outpaces the quality of my content. And I'm fortunate enough to work with some people that have the opposite problem. So I love bringing some sunlight to to Jonathan Hyde and Aswat Damodaran, who both obviously get a tremendous amount of – um, of prestige and well-earned recognition, but I love mm-hmm. putting them that in that environment so other people. I I would argue that they were people were blown away. People were totally by, blown away, by, and that's what. Yeah. And I rag a lot on, or I criticize higher education, but that's what a lot of kids mm-hmm. get exposure to. They do get exposure to very interesting yeah. thought leaders. Those are that was the most I'll call it the most rewarding. People moment. love those. What uh, was yours? Compelling academics. I thought those were great. I thought I think I didn't. I, I someone asked me which one I didn't like. I didn't think there was a dud among them. I have to say, but I do. I do think compelling academics are something we need to shine more light mm-hmm. on because people do want to go. Like I wish I go to college now versus then when I wasn't. That's what paying everyone attention. said. And I then go back to school. Cut out the yeah. shitty professors yeah. essentially, and these were fantastic. What was your highlight? What was your highlight? Uh, oh, I, I already talked about it. Lots of, lots and lots of them. I, I thought the whole thing. I liked the whole thing. I liked the audience. The audience was my highlight. Mm-hmm. I hung out with Candace Owens and George Farmer for dinner. Did you? have that go? You know, first off, this counts for a lot, but they're both so hot. I think that's important. Oh, my God. God, really? they're so that's good looking. That's your takeaway? Their kids, that's your their take kids away? are going to be beautiful. I interviewed him kids. for- They're having another one, I think. Well, no, they have a 13-month-old, and they're having yeah. another one, so they're going to have All plural. Right, okay. Don't try and shame me. I'm going to shame you. <laughs> for them, on their uh, part. They wouldn't mind, I think. Oh, they're so good looking. Okay. And I yeah. interviewed him for CNN+. Plus. You did. I thought he was a lovely young man. Mm-hmm. I, I really okay. enjoyed got some uh, issues. getting Although she did tweet something this week, and they got a lot of bad, not good attention, where she said we should invade Canada. And give Putin a break, essentially. Oh, no, no. Let me be clear. She's batshit crazy. Okay. But <laughs> dinner, over dinner, yeah. over dinner, they're, they're, uh, I found, I enjoyed, I enjoyed meeting both Good. of them. Good. Um, that was a cool dinner. That was a cool I'm dinner. trying to engage in the other side, I know Kira. you are. I get that. I'm trying I to engage. You did a good job. Anyway, so that today we're going to talk about Elon Musk's latest Twitter drama and Disney's new housing venture, which I was fascinated by. So it's a big day in Trump world. But first, obviously, mm-hmm. True Social almost launched as we record this on Monday. Users who signed up on the president on President's Day, which is today, were pushed to a wait list with the message, we love you, you're not just another number to us, but your wait list number is below. Um, company representatives have said the app will resemble Twitter, and just like Twitter, you won't be able to edit your posts. They're going to have retruths and truths, et cetera, that kind of stuff. Um, the launch is, is slow. Uh, it, it, on a scale of smooth to four seasons total landscaping, where would you put it? Well, we had that panel with Getter and Parler, yeah. and I. And yeah. first off, I just want to say thank you to Casey. I think he handled himself with a lot of aplomb yeah. on a very difficult topic yeah. that just inspires agita mm-hmm. and I don't know, just a, a coarse yeah. discourse. But what what we didn't talk about on the panel is that um, I think these conservative social media platforms. They want to have a conversation about censorship because they want to create a weapon of mass dis- distraction. Because the bottom line is. They're shitty businesses. They just aren't working. Yeah. And yeah. the same thing is, I think, going to play out with with uh, Truth Social, and that is almost this thing will make Oculus look like a success. It'll mm-hmm. you're going to see data immediately. I believe uh, start Wait, to roll yeah. in. There's that already been a, some of that, yeah. a these guys don't know what they're doing. They know how to. I I don't see anybody involved in this thing that actually knows how to run a business. Supposedly the Rumble people are helping with the back end. That's what I understand. Oh, is that right? They're they're handling the infrastructure, but it sounds like it's already been Part delayed it, yeah. twice. They put out this waitlisting yeah. today. It was already delayed once. Yeah. yeah. And it's also got a. Uh, so I said two years ago that or WeWork or three years ago was the most most overvalued private company in the world. Mm-hmm. I think Truth Social may be the most overvalued private company in the world right now. Oh, interesting. I think that's interesting. And the moment that's they benefited from not having any data to to validate or nullify that. Well, so many, so many opportunities for fuck up, right? So that's what's really interesting is there's so many opportunities for fuck yeah. up. Oh, wait, that, wait. Uh, I'm sorry, my... My post-edibles tequila-induced brain is just kicking in. My favorite moment from Pivot Miami. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm going back. Go ahead. 
So I asked on stage, first off, I adore Brian Chesky. I think he's literally the leader the business world needs right now more of. And makes a shit ton of money, creates a shit ton of shareholder value, which I think is important Mm -hmm. in a capitalist society. But I also think he generally kind of leads with his conscience and his heart. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I asked him on stage when he was going to settle down. And I said, Brian, Mm -hmm. you're 40 and you're you're single. I'm not exaggerating. About 15 women came up to me in an hour and like, oh, hi, I wanted to meet you. I'd like to meet Brian Chesky. (laughs) <laughs> I am I am I am Tinder right now Yenta. for Brian Chesky. You're Tinder. I'm Tinder yeah, with one person on it uh, and it's working yeah. really well. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. I'm getting text messages. Hey, we should Have go out. We should go out and bring your friend Brian with you. Like oh, women really? I don't even know. Hey, do you do you know Brian? So I'm uh, The nice Billy. That would be a good TV show where he hides who he is, where he stays at Airbnbs. You know, it's sort of like coming to America <laughs> and he he like says he's not a king or whatever, he's not a billionaire or whatever. It could be a really good show. I, every, it could be a good reality. Really, everyone's show. like, "This is so great." So are you really good friends with Brian? <laughs> <laughs> all these literally all these young uh, He's nervous all these about young, that. I tried to fix him up once. We're and, like I've all of a sudden, yeah. really interested in my relationship with Brian and if All I could right. set them up. That was my favorite moment. All right. Back to True Social. Sorry, Let's get very briefly. That's Thank you for that. I'll tell Brian he's very nervous about things like that. I think one of the things I tweeted was, it, was it's fun to dunk on on True Social for the glitches, which they're, this is common. Mm-hmm. This is not an unusual thing. But I'm still, I'm using it on my burner phone. I'm not doing it on my regular phone because to like TikTok, I'm worried about security, privacy, annoying marketing. It's so cloaked in secrecy of who's running this thing because they give their only their la- their first names. Um, and so, you know, I just say buyer beware to anything with Trump, whether it's stakes or education or whatever. And it could be just a big zero, which I suspect, not, not because necessarily it's Trump, is that these things are hard to make. Social networks are hard to make. And once you make them, you have, I just think it's an uphill battle. And I don't think all these people are going to move from conservative social network to conservative. If I had a bet, Rumble would be the one I would bet on. So I don't know. I, I've heard nothing since you said you have a burner phone. The content on your burner phone yeah. would be a cross between a John Waters film and Christiana Amanpour. <laughs> I don't even know what would be on there. It's TikTok oh, and Trump God. social right now. And Facebook is on there. If I had a burner um, phone, anyway. it'd be much more interesting. Okay. Well, I do it to test things that I don't want on my regular phone. I do think Apple's probably vetting it properly, but we'll see. We'll see where this all goes with Mr. Trump, but we'll see. Interestingly, another thing Mm -hmm. that's someone who's back is Netflix will make four new comedy specials hosted and produced by Dave Chappelle, who's super talented, Mm -hmm. but had some controversy. Like a character in Squid Game, Netflix is going back to the brutal arena by Mm -hmm. choice. The series will be called Dave Chappelle's Home Team and will highlight guest comedians introduced by Chappelle himself. Uh, Cancel culture destroys yet another career as a turns out not. What do we think? It's fine. That's what they want to be in the Dave Chappelle business. They can. Well, you, you, the operative term there is he's, I think the guy's a genius. Uh, I don't, yeah. I think he's one of the most incis- incisive comedians in the world. And you don't have to agree with 100% of what he says. And if you, if, if enough you don't agree with upsets you, then don't watch the show. Yeah. And if, and if you get really angry, good for you. You can cancel your Netflix subscription. That's the wonderful yeah. thing about- Just like Spotify. Yeah, that's the wonderful like, thing about living a capitalist society. But <laughs> Dave Chappelle, as long as he continues to demonstrate that type of genius, and I don't think- I, I don't. You cannot agree. I, I actually think the the dialogue he catalyzed was a productive dialogue. Hmm. I don't think. It, I think he's weirdly obsessed with trans people. I'm sorry. No, I, really I actually. You know what? <laughs> I think weird. he's weirdly it's obsessed weird. with any criticism of him. Yes, that's true. Uh, fair point. Fair point. Fair point. But he just. Um, I, I don't. Like, mostly, it was like, stop talking about. Can you talk about anything else? Like that's what I felt. Like it wasn't. It started to be unfunny. Well, guys what, like that. Guys like that. It, when you tell when you tell a man who's in his thirties or forties that they're Jesus Christ, yeah. they're inclined to believe you. Yeah, and can you, you imagine that. how many people have been telling David Chappelle, yep. "You're a genius"? And it then means. when he gets that kind of onslaught of criticism, some of it justified, some of it not. Mm-hmm. I think he has trouble processing it and dealing with it. Yeah. And that's what I didn't like about his last show was he should have said, this is what I agree with, this is what I don't agree with. And then he should have got back to to the comedy. Yeah. Instead, he spent like an hour trying to say, "But I'm right." Yeah. Yeah. And I don't. I didn't think it was a productive conversation. But yeah, I, I would agree. I, I was sort of like, I wish you would have a sense of humor about this. Yeah, like you know. Kind of Anyways, um, you, but you're right. He's he's. Um, yeah. I think he's stronger than ever. I don't. Yeah. 
And I think for him to claim that he's been canceled, did he claim he had been canceled? Kind of. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. A yeah. bit. You know, it's interesting. There was a good story in the Atlantic about this, these sort of in-your-face populists who are all incredibly rich people. It was just kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and I think they like, I'll do what I want, the man, this and that. And so, whatever. Look, if, watch him or don't watch him. That's what you should do. That's, that's our advice. So, uh, let's get to our uh, first big story. Elon Musk says the SEC, speaking of people who can't say what they want, Elon Musk says the SEC is coming for his free speech. In a court filing, Musk lawyers said the SEC is targeting the billionaire with a quote-unquote harassment campaign. Lawyers say it's because he's a critic of the government. But Musk's biggest target last week wasn't even the U.S. government. It was Canada's. Musk tweeted a meme comparing Canada's Justin Trudeau to Hitler. Always a favorite thing, doing Hitler memes. He deleted it a short time later. He also accused the SEC of sitting on $40 million that he says is supposed to go to Tesla shareholders. That $40 million comes from a fine that Tesla and uh, Musk paid to the SEC over what else? His tweets over the years uh, when he did funding secured. Uh, he just don't like to follow the law. He doesn't like stop signs, it feels like. So it drew a lot of ire from activists like John Greenblatt, who we've had on the show of the ADL and some mm -hmm. in the press. Uh, again, the Tesla board, nowhere. Um, what do you think? That was I thought it was tasteless once again, but what do you think? Yeah, look, there's just certain places you don't go. Um, yeah. If you're a white person, you never use the N-word in any context. That's just whatever. Uh, th that's just a no-known. You can, but you get the consequences. You just don't. Yeah, I've, I've told my boys mm -hmm. that. In yeah, any context, would, you never yeah. use that word. I would agree. Um, you yeah. never use the C-word, unless you live for Britain for over 10 years, and I think you get domain and yes. ownership of the C-word. Yes, but you, you never mm -hmm. make a reference, a casual reference to Hitler. Uh, you just don't, mm -hmm. and it reflects. It, there's a couple things. One, it, there's obvious, and then the second order effect that I, uh, I've been thinking a lot about, and that is, it, it reflects poorly on him that he clearly doesn't have what I call great judgment. It's impossible to understand how this improves stakeholder value at Tesla. That the any reasonable analysis, I think he was high when he did it. I can't understand anyone doing mm -hmm. this sober. But any reasonable analysis of, okay, I'm going to go to 60 million people in the entire world and compare mm -hmm. the Canadian prime minister to Hitler. That's just, that's just not, that's not going to sell more cars. That is not going to even get the kind of attention that you want. It's just dumb, for lack of a better, not even dumb, stupid. But the other thing is, I, I believe that one of the, great crises emerging in our society is young men not um, connecting to relationships. And I think the relationships, especially for young men, and they're important for everybody because they're the most rewarding thing in life. But the other thing that's really important for young men especially, who I don't think develop as quickly and are more aggressive and more more risk aggressive, mm -hmm. is they need, they need guideposts. They need guardrails. And mm -hmm. relationships are fantastic guardrails, whether it's Good friends, whether it's mentors, whether it's a girlfriend telling you to put on a shirt and blow dry your hair and get a fucking job and stop drinking during the week, whatever it might be, young men are desperate for guardrails. And what, what mm -hmm. I see about Elon Musk is even the wealthiest man in the world and arguably one of the most important figures and a genius and technological brilliance, I don't think this guy has any guardrails. Well, he, the thing is, he has a very large family. Uh, I, 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 many people have told me he's a tremendous father. Um, he's got lots of girlfriends, wives, etc. Um, lot. He's very close with his family, um, for sure, with his mom and his brothers and sister, I think. And so it is interesting. He's not like a, you know, Brian Jeske was talking about being lonely, which was interesting um, as a CEO and a person during uh, COVID. I think M Musk is surrounded by a lot of people. There's, a lot of there's, people. It's got a lot of friends. There's a difference. Uh, and what I'm okay. talking about specifically is when I say something stupid, Bill Berkeley, mm -hmm. who's this older president in NYU, calls me, doesn't even introduce himself, goes, he'll start the conversation with, that was a stupid thing to say. Um, oh, I thought I was that well, person. Well, you do that. You, you do that sometimes. Um, but I have yeah. people in my life who will call mm -hmm. me because they care enough about me to say, yeah. you are fucking up here. You need to reconsider this viewpoint, this decision. 
that is an enormously important thing for somebody. And it's more than friends. Mm -hmm. It's more than family. It's people. It is very hard to read the label from inside of the bottle. Your board of directors in a corporate setting is supposed to call you and say, you cannot put out tweets referencing the stock price or saying you're taking the company private. You should never call someone you have never met, met who is much less powerful than you a pedophile. You should never do that. No. You should yeah. never make references to to Hitler. You should not make profane comments about sitting U.S. senators. He clearly has nothing resembling guardrails. And without guardrails, well, you begin to believe your own press and believe you're immune from the blowback. Yeah, he's very id. He's a, he's a very id person in general. And I think that's hard. And there is nobody. Uh, you know, I think Brian said, actually, it's interesting, the contrast, because he said that nobody, you don't get told, you, you think you could do anything. Remember he had that whole section in our interview? You get told you could do anything, you get fed it, and no one tells you you can't do anything. And he was more upset by the consequences of his decisions. He talked, remember, everything's coming home to roost. Mm -hmm. Then Elon just blows past them. And it's a different personality. It's a different person. But he, I think he was right, is that you get to be non-human. And especially when you're wealthy um, and you don't feel, you, you become inhuman in a lot of ways. And I, I think I think there is a class of leader, all wealthy mostly white, I think pretty much, who are like, don't tell me what to do. You don't tell me what to do. You, I get to say what I want. I think it drips down into the society um, very badly. I, I remember many years ago, everyone's like, this is a new trend. I'm like, when I was in college, a guy ran for president of the student body mm -hmm. who was like the party platformer. We hate government platform. Mm -hmm. And he won, like, because everyone was like, yeah, if I screw this. You know, we had this shittiest year because there was someone who ran who really wanted to sort of help students and get the things you want, lower book prices, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And the other guy was like, party on. And he won. And there's a there's a love of that by people that I think is is absolutely a play here with all these people, not just Elon, but Joe Rogan or Dave Chappelle or, uh, you know, you, there's a list of them that are like this um, that – Again, they say screw the man, but they're kind of the man, right? Like, so it's it's a weird it's a weird situation that they're so worshipped by. Look, I, I think, and I've been saying this forever, and it's the hill I'm going to die on. I think that right mm -hmm. now Tesla is a well, it's down. Is a, he is has a, other things to worry about. Is a about, drunk right? tourist walking home with a new blow watch. I think they're about to be robbed of about two to five hundred billion dollars, and the same person that unfortunately is filling in this void of the SEC and the government is going to do the thievery, and that's going to be Tim Cook. Um, nice. If you look at the J.D. Power rankings that just came out where Tesla went way down, if you look at the recalls, if you look at his, what I would call, consistent demonstration of really poor judgment, it all spells. And then you look at Apple, which has said, okay, the auto industry used to be a shitty low-margin manufacturing business. It's changed yeah. to a higher-margin software business. We have the best brand in the world uh, I, uh, you know, I look, and I've been saying this for a long time, and I've been wrong for a long time. Uh, I just think this is a very this type of behavior. It's not karma. I don't believe in karma. I've known really good mm -hmm. people who live hard lives and then die miserable deaths. I know bad people who have lived great lives and die in their sleep. I don't believe in karma, but this is a negative looking forward indicator. This kind of really terrible judgment. Well, although it's sort of like Trump, it's like this time, like he's got the law all over his ass, and people are and like, he got Maybe voted he'll out, get out office, of office, one-term president. That's true. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. But still, not and still not doing that badly, and has launched a sort of probably shitty social media network. Anyway, it's an interesting issue, and I don't think we're going to look to the board anymore. Everyone, we always ask, where is the board? Like, who? They're not there. Like, let's just move along on that one, and we'll see if the if it'll work. With the, I don't think it eventually does work. The SEC, everybody else plays by these rules. Most of them are pretty fair. Um, you can't pick and choose rules you don't like. Um, you just sometimes some of them you can argue yep. with, but others and others are stupid. I would agree. I've talked to Mark Cuban about this. Some of the SEC stuff is onerous and ridiculous. Other stuff is is there for a good reason. So anyway, it's it, he's just pressing on a, a weak point of the government. Uh, I, I, I would, but just going back to the central issue, I think every boy mm -hmm. and girl, every kid mm -hmm. needs desperately needs somebody who every day tells them they're they're amazing and that they are loved. I think that's. Mm -hmm. I think every kid needs that. Every man, yeah. and um, I think every woman needs somebody. You need to actively cultivate people in your life who will tell you and call you when you are wrong, and check yeah. you, 
And yeah. uh, you lose those people as you get wealthier because people st- you start inevitably surrounding yeah, yourself I'm- with people who just s- say, we don't like pain. It's uncomfortable to hear you said something stupid. It's uncomfortable yeah. to say that yeah. was inappropriate or you, you've fucked up. I, yeah. You don't like to hear it. It is really important. And you need to actively cultivate those relationships and tell people that you appreciate their candor and their guidance. Because I'll tell you, it's like parenting. The, the, yeah. I think the hardest part about parenting isn't time, isn't engagement, isn't loving uh, my k- kids. That comes down to me. The hardest part for me is disciplining them and saying, you yeah. screwed up here in the ramifications. Um, I find yeah. that to be the hardest thing. And adult adult yeah. people need that. I think especially adult men who are successful. You need to you need to absolutely cultivate the those types of guardrails. Yeah, 100%. I actually just had a conversation with one of my sons. I'm not going to say which one, but I was about something new that's happened. I'm like, here's, I'm gr- I'm glad about this, but here's my one rule that if you break, it's going to be a problem. You know what I mean? Like, and it was good. It was a really good discussion. Do you want to share the one rule? Very, no, okay. I don't. I don't. So, but in any case, it was, it was, it was, it was around women and how to treat them. That's what it was mm-hmm. about. And so, you know, the lesbians come down hard when you don't treat women right. That's all I have to say. I've had a discussion with all, I will have a discussion with all the kids about that, about how you treat, uh, how you treat women. So anyway, um, so, and they, they welcome it, I suspect. I think they do welcome it because um, they like rules. They do in some ways, in other ways they don't. Uh, by the way, Elon Musk going to keep tweeting. So whatever, he'll either pay the price or he won't. Uh, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Disney's new venture into real estate. Interesting. And takes a, some very unusual listener mails from a gift I gave to Scott at the end of the conference. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from Atlassian. One of our customers who produces pizza at a very large scale all across the world. Believe it or not, they use AI to review the quality of the pizzas that are created. That goes through a workflow that scans the images of the pizzas and makes sure they visually look like what they should. So it's pretty cool. That's Sharif Mansour, Atlassian's head of AI. Sharif thinks there's a lot for companies to be excited about on the AI-generated horizon, spanning everything from making pizza to producing podcasts like the one you're listening to now. There'll be far more jobs created on the other side of this revolution. Instead of a world of less, Sharif envisions an AI-powered world of more. In everyone's day job, they're moving from doing the thing to often being an architect of the thing. It unleashes the potential of every human. And I think we can go from a world where few people have access to a high level of intelligence to a lot more people having access to this information. AI is really giving everyone on the planet more resources to do great things. And I'm very optimistic about that opportunity that lies ahead. Transform teamwork with the power of AI-human collaboration. Start using Atlassian intelligence for your Atlassian products like Jira and Confluence now. Learn more at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N dot com. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Scott, we're back with our second big story. Disney wants to be your next landlord. Uh, The entertainment company says it will develop a string of planned communities around the country. The first development of 1,900 units is slated to open in California's Coachella Valley. Uh, Disney employees will run the Community Association as well as the wellness programs, entertainment. Um, it's not clear if it'll be Disney branded. Um, people, other people can come into it and use it, but it's, there's stuff that's only for the community. So anyway, it's, uh, there, there's a whole 55 and over vibe to some of it, I think, parts of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually fascinating. Um, Disney obviously has domain knowledge and development and experiential. Um, I don't think this is a bad idea, actually, thinking about where elderly people are going to go necessarily or how you redesign. Um, I had an interesting meeting uh, in Miami uh, 
uh, with Adam Newman. I'm not going to talk about it because I was off the record, but uh, he's working in real estate, mm-hmm. uh, which is an interesting to me. And I do think, as you say, this is the, besides the virtual real estate you did talk about at the conference, um, what do you think about this? I think it's a great idea. I agree with you. Disney creates an environment. Um, they, uh, It's holistic family fun. It's manicured, their attention to detail. You feel safe at Disneyland. You feel inspired. Mm-hmm. You feel hopeful. Why wouldn't you take those attributes and the, that operational excellence? And they've done it. They have communities called Celebration. My sense is they're just expanding yeah, that. The problem they have, it has to be perfect because people think of them as perfect. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get legal action no matter what if it's not perfect. Yeah, but I like this appeals to me because I, I am like a Disney princess and that is I think the world revolves around, <laughs> around me. So... So one of the things that's interesting is whether you – this idea that we talk about a lot is trusting a pro- – I was just talking to someone before the reason I was late to this thing was about that idea of trusting uh, brands with other things. Like Apple, you you might trust doing banking or the car 100%. beyond what you already trust them. And people have that feeling about Disney as one of those brands that sort of – they like – my brother loves Disney and he vacations there and he likes the whole – meme, essentially. Um, Other people would say Disney owns your whole life. But I do, one of the things I did think about as I was thinking about this and thinking about what Adam Newman's doing and some of the stuff you've talked about is that this is, and some stuff in my own life, like figuring out things around parents and things like that, is that it really is so hard to figure out at all, like where you would go to retire. It's so dispersed and artisanal and not organized and run by individual people, and you don't know what's good and what's not, there is kind of something comforting to a Disney brand, especially, say, if they were doing senior living or whatever, that feels like possibly a little, it needs organization. That's that's how I walk away from it. Can you, can you, this has so much potential. I mean, this is no greater a stretch than Disney going to cruises. And my sense is yeah. that's been hugely yeah. successful. They're so good. I, I went on it, you know, Bob Iger made me go on it to come on code one year. And I have to say, even though I was in agony, it was one. It was beautifully done. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever considered taking a cruise was to do the Star Wars thing with my sons. But can you imagine Can you imagine a, a great seniors or active living place run by Disney and they purposely had three or four times? My favorite, my in-law's favorite day is Grandparents' Day. What about a community that mm-hmm. had the best grandparents' days ever? They got their grandkids to mm-hmm. look forward to going to see Nana and Pop-Pop. I mean... They yeah. could – it's a really well-run organization. has incredible trust. The weird mm-hmm. thing about – the reason why I think housing is so popular is housing's one of the largest categories in the world that really mm-hmm. doesn't have a great brands. And that is mm-hmm. – I mean, is it Palte? Is it Lanier? Like, what are the great brands in residential housing? Mm-hmm. There isn't. I have to say, looking around, it's – you literally Google everything. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I'm like, why isn't this organized? Uh, I was like, maybe Scott and I should give up podcasting and open a series of senior living communities for fun. We're the naughty community or whatever. <laughs> there you what go. You um, yeah, the, the mind runs crazy there. Uh, but there's uh, – look, if uh, when I was looking for a place for my mom to retire, you're mm-hmm. desperate for a brand because a brand is mm-hmm. is essentially a weapon of mass diligence. And that is – trust. And uh, yeah, and so like I zeroed in on Dell Webb. There's a, a, a great company down here called Coulter that builds a lot of active living communities. But they're regional. Mm-hmm. They don't have huge scale. Yeah. And it's hard to yep. tell how they differentiate themselves. Employees, uh, same thing with, I like, what, what if they're bad employees? What if they steal? Like you think about those things all the yeah. time, you know. I had a grandparent who got stolen from and it just was because we didn't do enough due, like, but it was hard to do due diligence. Yeah. It was, um I, you know, this is, I think this is a great idea. They do it, and cr- you're right, cruises is the right comparison. Um, and then it's a question of how they could, how the, the the real life things like mold and construction, it's got to be impeccable, depending on the price range, right? It's got to be impeccable. It has to be impeccable at the lower price range. And that's what I really liked about the Disney cruise I was mm-hmm. on, is that there were people who had the bought the higher ones, and there were people who bought the lower. Everybody got a great experience. The people at the lower didn't get necessarily they got a lesser room maybe or a smaller room but they didn't get a lesser room mm-hmm. and that was it wasn't lesser it definitely wasn't and then everybody got soft serve all the time which i thought was the best thing ever and it was perfect soft serve it never was broken um so it, it just was I, it, if they do it right they could they really could do, do well. there's a, all these there's so much innovation fantastic if ideas. they went into the seniors In real if they went into the seniors living they could have 
a fast pass where you skip the doctor's office and go straight to the ICU. They could do. <laughs> That's good Disney humor. <laughs> it's not good Disney humor. Uh, but I find myself using Disney Plus more and more, I have to say. I am. They have a lot of good brands, content. National Geographic. Great content. Uh, I am using, yeah, I'm using it more. I'm using Netflix a lot. I use uh, HBO Max and Disney. Those are the three I use a lot more than any of the others. It's interesting. And I've just started using more Peacock because of Yellowstone. Anyway. Peacock. Peacock. Oh, God. They just doubled their viewership. You're on Peacock now? Peacock. I call it Peacock. Peacock? That's what I call it. Yeah, just like CNN Plu, I call it Peacock. There you go. That's right. It's more exotic. Wait, what is what is Peacock, um, have, Peacock what? have on it that you're watching? Yellowstone. Yellowstone. That's only on Peacock? They have a couple shows. They have a couple shows. They, they huh. have a few. They do. Amazon has less, although I just was watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel's back, and so I'm back on Amazon. Hmm. Apple, I haven't used that much because I'm not a Ted Lasso fan. So. Hmm. Yeah, Apple doesn't. I know everyone. Apple doesn't have a ton. But they've got one. Severance. We're going to have been. Oh, that's on Apple on TV. TV. We got to watch so. that. Yes, yeah. we got to watch that. I'm good. You better. You better have done your homework on that one. Um, anyway, he's a fan of ours, and we're going to have him on to talk about it. It's quite well, good. Maybe you can come on and talk about Pivot too. Miami. I know the listeners want to hear more of that. Um, <laughs> let's pivot to some listener mail. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You've got mail. Last week, as our conference got out, I had a plane fly around Miami Beach with your phone number on the banner. You did. Uh, we, we got some nice messages from attendees and some interesting messages from various beachgoers. Uh, let's listen. Hey, Scott, you said to hit you up next time I'm in New York, but you never gave me your number. So thanks to Kara for posting it in the sky. I hope it's right. Anyway. Loved your session, as well as Aslops and Brian's. Met so many amazing people across different industries and could not speak more highly about the entire Pivot MIA experience. Thanks again. Can't wait for the next one. See you soon. God damn it, Scott, you got me. But hey, love ya. Love the show. Love the dog. <laughs> not good podcast humor. Hey, man, I just seen a motherfucking number in the sky, man. I don't know what none of that cryptocurrency shit talking about. But that bitch say XO car. I think you cheated on the whole boy. I ain't gonna lie to you, but shit, good luck, cuz. Hey, Scott, we saw your advertisement in the sky. We're just calling you to party. Give us a call back. Bye-bye. <laughs> and then there's one more. This one came from an audience member who saw our panel about Quinn, an app for audio erotica. That was hmm. Carolyn Spiegel, who was terrific. That was a great session. Let's listen. Hi. I was at the conference, oh, no. and I'm on the, the Quinn website now, and I'm I'm trying to find the section... With Kara and Scott's playlist, if you could tell me, I'll take my answer offline. <laughs> that sounded oh, like God. George Hahn. Was that George Hahn? I literally think they're all just using me to get to Brian Chesky. That does sound like George Hahn. <laughs> That's true. That was so much yeah, fun. That was, that was that a was good thing. I got to say. Can I just say, uh, you don't thank people who work behind the scenes as much. The New York Magazine gang yeah, is job. so creative. Our own staff is amazing. Yeah. Um, but the New York Magazine gang, too, did a lot I of the agree. stuff on the extra, the marketing, yeah. all this, these fun stuff. And that was perfection. Good. What a what a creative, interesting group of people we work with. We're so lucky in that We regard. are lucky. Right. Greatness is in the and agency call, of others. No doubt about it. Keep calling Scott, everybody, because he needs more yeah. more people because he needs more guardrails. Yeah, and Brian needs say. more dates. And yeah, keep calling me. More yeah. dates. Yeah, that's a different yeah. number. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with a number like that. Anyway, if you've got a question of your own that you'd like answered, send it our way. Go to nymag.com slash pivot or call 855-51-PIVOT to submit a question for the show. All right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for wins and fails. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. 
So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Support for this show comes from the Harvard Business Review. You know, there's this idea in business that some people are born to be leaders. You either have it or you don't. But leadership, like any skill, can and should be learned over time. Whether you've climbed to the top of the corporate ladder or are just starting out, you'll find valuable insights at Harvard Business Review. Harvard Business Review is a leading destination for smart management thinking. And on their website, hbr.org, subscriptions are just $10 a month, which gives you unlimited access to the same level of expertise. Things like case studies, newsletters, podcasts, articles written by some of the world's top minds. I use HBR in my research when I do articles or when I'm thinking about what to talk about on Pivot. I find them really interesting. I find them complete. I find them different. And you can find all kinds of industries covered. While much of Harvard Business Review's content is available for free after signing up at their site, subscriptions to unlimited content start at only $10 a month. What a bargain. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT right now to get 10% off your subscription. Again, save 10% off your HBR subscription. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT. Okay, Scott, give us this week's wins and fails. I'm We, we win. That's what I have to say, but go ahead. We win. Do you, you, those are yours? There's a movie I saw that I really liked. I mean, uh, I, we called, it was called Gunplowder or Milkshake. It didn't get a lot of attention. It's with like, I think it's Lena Headley and uh, Michelle Yao. And it's about women kicking ass and shooting everybody and knifing everybody. It was great. Mm-hmm. That would be a win. I just saw it on the plane. So it was a plane movie. But nice. It was great. Um, I think Fails was, um, is this... This this thing I'm starting to think about called the exhausted middle, hmm. you know, the major exhausted majority that you and I mm-hmm. have talked about. I think um, I think there's a switch with people who are just tired of all the screaming mm-hmm. and want a, a this thing with Ukraine, which we haven't talked about because we're not experts in this area, and probably we should have someone on who is um, really does. We need competent people working for mm-hmm. us, and I think people are tired of. A lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And as coming out of the pandemic, as all these governors, including all the Democratic ones, are switching to endemic, I think there's uh, the people who continue to yell and creating temp- Trump socials, one of those things, are on the ba- on the wrong side of where we're going mm-hmm. forward. All right. That's my win and fail. Nice. Uh, so my fail is uh, this, what I feel kind of hateful trend around legislation, uh, most recently evidenced by in Florida, the Don't Say Gay legislation, uh, that basically is going to prohibit teachers from having conversations around LGBTQ equality. And I look, I understand, I understood or was sympathetic to some of the notions around parents' concern that if you're going to have a conversation around hormone therapy with my child, I want to be informed. I get that. But what this is is nothing but further evidence of a very dangerous trend that I think always reverse engineers to a bunch of presidential hopefuls posing Mm -hmm. for a 55-year-old evangelical white guy in Iowa. And that is – and I say this with some credibility. I have served on the board of my kid's school here in Florida. I have lived here for 10 years. Mm -hmm. My school is what I'd call center-right. Mm -hmm. Parents, you can trust me when I tell you the teachers there are are not trying to turn your kids gay. They're just not. They're not trying to turn your kids straight. We're focused on math and English and ensuring that kids are raised in uh, in a supportive environment. And if they and to not talk about sexuality in some fashion at some point with 12, 13, 14 younger and older kids. Is, is to ignore biology and to ignore, it, 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 it just is, this is nothing but basically a giant fuck you to a vulnerable community. And mm-hmm. to not, it, it strikes me as, okay, we're inventing problems where there don't need to be any. And Republicans are big fans. One of the things I like about GOP philosophies and principles. Old GOP philosophies. Is the notion that you should have autonomy. 
that businesses and people should make their own decisions and be responsible and accountable and have the authority to make their own decisions. And that schools should make, they, they say, I don't agree with this. Schools should make their own decisions around whether or not they arm their own security guards. I get the argument. But then when it comes to, to what we discuss and how we decide to introduce topics around equality, they've decided you're not supposed to, to say these words. And it, you don't want to let us in the schools figure out what we should be doing. And all this is is tapping into a very ugly, ugly trend that is growing bigger and bigger in the U.S. And again, it all, it all in my opinion— reverse engineers mm -hmm. to income inequality and unsuccessful young men who are looking for people to blame and finding vulnerable communities, and now it is infecting our schools. I would agree. I can't believe we're having this happen after years of fighting for equal rights, and not more rights, equal rights. I can't even tell you how difficult, how dangerous it felt to be closeted as a kid. Um, I knew I was gay since I was four. If that had happened, if the school had informed my mom it would have been terrible, it, devastating to my psyche. Um, if they had not been able to, they didn't, they weren't able to talk about it. They never did talk about it. And I have to say it was damaging. I had to go find and ferret out information myself. It was a very, uh, to go back to that is sickening to think about with kids. And, and that floor, you know, this, uh, it's one topic I didn't, we didn't talk about enough in Florida. It's an issue I have Florida. If they do this, I got to say, I don't think I would bring Pivot MA back there. I don't know. I would go, take it to another state that had more. But this is, uh, this is, as someone who lived through that, it's, it's the worst. It's being closeted is the worst. I want to reassure you and other people who are thinking about Florida, people mm -hmm. in Florida and people on the board of schools in Florida uh, are, love their children and want to have these conversations or not have them and make good decisions around what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And we don't need the government posing for a right-wing evangelical straw in Iowa, putting yeah. in place hateful legislation. The National School Climate Survey that was done in 2019 showed that 77% of LGBTQ students Undersea. Said they avoided a school function because they felt unsafe mm -hmm. or uncomfortable. So we correct. need to go the other way. And what, uh, another thing I, I used to like about the GOP, I believe we're a secular society. We should absolutely separate church and state. But there is something to the notion that religious values, when they start with a place of love, they start with a place of forgiveness, that there's a role for that in America. And I appreciate temples, churches, and mosques, even though I'm an atheist. And this couldn't be more contrary to the very mm -hmm. basics of faith, acceptance, yeah. love. Although, Scott, I have to say, I, I get that the idea that parents want the best thing. They don't want the best thing for your kids when you're gay. Let me just say, when you're Jewish or black, your parents get your experience. Mm -hmm. When you're gay, many, many parents are your enemy. And hmm. they are. I'm sorry. It's just you do. They do not understand. It is embarrassing to them. It is whatever weirdness they have around it themselves. It is. It, they are not. They are often not your ally. Many, many, many parents are, but boy, many, many, many aren't. Mm -hmm. And it's so damaging to hide. It, I can't. I, I. I think about it. even today. I have. It makes me sick to my stomach to remember that. So, look. I. I, I think. I think you Florida. can speak to that, and I take your words very seriously because I can't. Um, mm -hmm. And that's an, that's that that's illuminating for me. I, I hadn't really thought of it in that in that in that way. But yeah, let me just tell you, Scott, I'm gay. Oh, just I saying. heard, <laughs> I heard. Um, I came out early because of that, because the power people had over me uh, the, of silence and hiding. Mm -hmm. I came out very early because I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this one off the table for yeah. you, awful people. I so, kept coming anyway, to. I kept a, uh, trying to come out as straight, but no one would participate with me. Yeah, that's what you yeah. say. Anyways. That's what you say. My mother's on to you on that. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I, I, I find this, I, I just find this incredibly discouraging. And uh, yeah. what I would want, you know, Republican legislators to know uh, from those of us at schools, we're doing just fine. And we don't need this type yeah. of legislation that is not necessary and really nothing <laughs> but an expression of hate. That's all this is. 
Grotesque, Ron DeSantis. That's what we're saying, essentially. You want my win? What, what's your win? Yeah, yeah, what's your win? My win? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited. They came. They saw. They curled. The British, oh, the no. gold medal, the only gold medal in the Olympic Games oh. goes to the c- women's curling team. This caps okay. a remarkable turnaround for, I think her name is Gwen Muirhead, the Iron hey. Lady of Curling. Now, that, oh that's God. a great tag, the Iron Lady Nobody's of Curling. Nobody's watching this. You know that. Nobody's her watching Her teammates, this, actually 700,000 people in Britain stayed up in the early right, morning. Okay. This is really, it, right. this is the best okay. of the Olympics. It's Vicky Wright, Jen Dodds, Haley Duff. They got COVID before the games. They were they had a stunning turnaround. They absolutely dominated Japan in the in the finals. And it's a wonderful story. One is a nurse, one works in a gardening supply store. And I mean, you want to talk yeah. about ice cold nerves. You want to talk about sweeping. Oh my God. But it's really a wonderful story. And at the end of the day, the Olympics okay. are supposed to be a celebration of amateur athletics and people who are passionate about something. And this, yes, I agree. this brought okay. I'm gonna give this brought you. all of that together. And also, but I have to say, every time I see curling, I forgot about it from before. I'm like, what are they doing? Oh, it's awesome. Like that's the, every I'm like, what are they? Every time I forget that it's curling. oh, come on. Sorry. The sight of Muirhead no. dramatically clearing out a Japanese stone to score no. four for time. This was a victory. This That's was a right, gold medal for Scotland. These are all Scottish okay. women. Can I just give another yeah. thing? The Queen has COVID and put out a very congratulatory thing. That's how I noticed the curling thing. Uh, the Queen got COVID from apparently Charles, et cetera, et cetera. But she is uh, 95 or something like that. So I say uh, good for the Queen for continuing to do her job despite having getting COVID at this advanced age. And I I hope she does right. well. Right. Well, you, you, thanks for hijacking my win. Let me just finish here. No, it's okay. My win okay. <laughs> is the Iron Lady of curling, but also I just want to uh, – her team meets Vicky Wright, Jen Dodds, Haley Duff. This is your moment in the sun, on the ice. Congratulations. Uh, d- but to your, to your thing about the queen, think about how wonderful vaccines are. It, what if we had found yeah. out 18 months yeah. ago that the queen had COVID? It would have been. Yeah, we were it would worried. have been. Oh no! Oh, oh no! No. Now what's the feeling? Oh no! Good for her. She's maintaining her light duties. I think most of us believe that she's going to see ninety six and ninety seven. I'm a wee bit worried. I'm still worried. Think about what a gift these vaccines. Yes, have been. I agree, but I'm still worried for the queen. I like this queen. Whatever. I'm looking forward to the next season of The Crown, too, where she doesn't come off as well. Anyway, Scott, I'm glad. That's enough curling content Mm -hmm. for this show, I think. I feel like we're heavy on curling content. Don't try and sweep me Uh, away. Get it? Sweep? I'm going to sweep you away. I got you. I got it. Got it. it. Okay, Scott, that is the— You and I are going to do curling together to become closer. You Um, always promise dates that never happen. You're literally like my dad promising the rabbit jacket for my mom. Just don't go there. Okay. It never came. The rabbit jacket and I are going to show up. We're going to curl. Uh, not in Florida, though, because they don't like gay people. We love gay people All right. in Florida. Okay. No? Okay, sure. That's what you say. Then get out there and stop that legislation. Our brothers and sisters, you are you are welcome and loved and appreciated here. Thank you, Scott. Okay, that's the show. Uh, we'll be back on Friday with more Pivot. Uh, Scott, read us out. Today's show was produced by Lara Neiman, Evan Engel, and Taylor Griffin. Ernie Indertot engineered this episode. Thanks also to Drew Burrows and Mia Silverio. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back on Friday for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Let's embrace religion. Let's embrace America or let's embrace the basics of religion. Let's be loving. Let's welcome our brothers and sisters from every religion, from every background, from every ethnicity and from every sexual orientation. That's not what Florida is about. It's what America is about. Let's embrace those principles. Say no to this bullshit hate. That is it is ugly. It is not Florida. It is definitely not America. Support for the show comes from Atlassian. Whether you're exploring space, making pizza, or producing a podcast like this one here, chances are your team is marching into the AI-generated horizon. Atlassian Intelligence is unleashing a new era of teamwork. You can use Atlassian's AI-powered products for everything from brainstorming ideas to finding information to summarizing huge documents, all by using normal, everyday language. Atlassian AI-powered software like Jira and Confluence help teams accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. 
Learn how you can transform teamwork with the power of AI at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Atlassian.